At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. NFL Defensive Player of the Year. Outside linebacker, number 55, Terrell Suggs. That's the bad guy. The bad guy returns to Baltimore for one last game, one last time. The Ravens and their fans surely hope to make the experience for Ben Roethlisberger in Baltimore on Sunday. The exact opposite of what he witnessed and thoroughly enjoyed on Monday night. And to complicate matters, they are going to honor Terrell Suggs in Baltimore on the day that the Ravens will try to add to Ben Roethlisberger's all-time high 553 sacks absorbed, the most in NFL history since the sack became an official stat back in 1982. I'm old enough to remember when that was like a new thing. Oh, they're yeah. making the sack a stat now. Right. Oh, that's a new thing. Right. Chris was even alive then. I was, so it wasn't I was. that long ago. Chris <laughs> no. isn't very old, unless he is. Well, it's it's uh, funny. Hello. It's, hey, hello. How are you? It's a stressful morning here, like uh, up in the tri-state area, like, you know, the uh, a sheet of ice on the road sleet this morning it was one of those rides where i know i texted you about 6 40 like i don't know if i'm going to make it to the show on time so i'm just glad i got here uh i mean i literally just made it by the skin of my nails i got here in time yes the skin of your nails the hair of your teeth the uh whatever other simsism you want to add Woo, to the 2022 man. list and i'm glad you made it first of all i'm glad you made it because I I know that that's a serious condition to be, and I've been stuck in that before as a driver. I was telling you before the show, back when I used to deliver newspapers some 40, 
four years ago, I got caught in that one morning, 12, 13-year-old kid, and all of a sudden it's cold out and it rains and it's ice everywhere, and I was crawling on my hands and knees across the main drag in the town I grew up in. That's how bad it was. Yeah. So there's nothing you can do. There's nothing you no, can do. No, there's nothing you when can do. It, it was Dallas 12 years ago it, it, for right. Super right. Bowl 45. Right. There's nothing you can do. You cannot do anything other than try to maneuver on a sheet of ice. So I'm glad you made it. And and I really wasn't going to yeah, spend sure. the first 15 minutes <laughs> blaming you for being late or right. coming up with all sorts of of slightly exaggerated reasons as to why you were not there, why you got, you'd he maybe got been fired, fired for, for swearing excessive too swearing. Much. Yeah, I like yes. it. <laughs> you know, I wasn't going to do any of that. <laughs> yeah, sure. I sure, really right. wasn't because this is a serious situation, and I wasn't going to do that. Uh, it, I would it, never it, do that. It, to it, you. it was one of those situations where you know people like pulled over on the side of the road everywhere, right? Because they just like give up. I probably saw fifteen accidents on the way in, and even saw. You know, it's bad when the ambulance can't go down a hill, like the ambulance has the light on and he's, he's parked on the side of the road because people are just sliding down it. So, whoa, that was a stressful, stressful morning. Um, not as stressful as getting sacked by Terrell Suggs or anything like that, but pretty damn stressful. <laughs> Did you encounter Terrell Suggs? I uh, mean, he was drafted in the same, same year, year or right? same draft class. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did my, like, uh, my second year in the NFL. Uh, no doubt about it. I mean, Terrell Suggs, I haven't had a lot of experience like meeting him, but are talking to him, but one of those guys that just when he walks into a room or you see him, he's just got an unbelievable presence because he's just such a big, large man. And on the football field, it was like that, too. I mean, of course, that whole Ravens defense was like that. You know, that was the 2006 Ravens, Steve McNair football team, Ray Lewis in his prime. Uh, really one of my greatest memories as an NFL player, even though they whooped the crap out of me that day. I mean, just being on the field with those guys and seeing how they operated and the intensity in which they played uh, was, was pretty damn special to, to witness. Yeah, and I, I just think that it's another indication, something we discussed yesterday, the Ravens who have nothing to play for at this point. They yeah, have something yeah. to play for. Number one, keep the Steelers out of the playoffs and give them no chance to add to their six all-time Super Bowl wins. And two, send Big Ben into retirement, not as a victor, but as a guy who was pummeled repeatedly and his team ultimately lost. So to me, that's one of the most fascinating games yeah. for Sunday. For, for, his, for his brilliant as it was to schedule the final Ben roethlisberger Heinz field game on Monday night. It's, I don't want to say brilliant. It's brilliant. In, in, it, to the extent that you like chaos, it's brilliant that his final game is going to be at Baltimore. I'm sure he would have preferred to flip those two experiences. Yeah, I bet you he would have. You're exactly right. No, no, no doubt about it. That's a, that's a great stadium in Baltimore. Their fans are always fired up. And it's, it's the Ravens. And it's John Harbaugh. They're going to be chippy. We know they will be. They'll enjoy. They'll enjoy the the rest of 2022. You know, knowing they ruined the Steelers' chances of getting in the playoffs. They are that type of football team. They'll enjoy being the bad guy. Like, what, hey, one thing I want to ask. I don't know because I know Pete's late too, right? Pete's this this storm out here is real. So, but sacks, Pete was fired. Hey, he was. Hey, he deserves to be fired. But what, what about? Uh, I, I'm interested to know who are the next people down the list, like as far as all time quarterbacks that got sacked. Because I know when my dad retired in 1993, he was the all time leader as far as quarterbacks who were sacked. And 
You know, I don't remember it being anything near a 500 number as far as the number of times he was sacked. I want to say it was 300, and I was just one. I wanted to look at the, you know, the where where it falls now as far as the quarterbacks and how many times they've been and who did Ben Roethlisberger, who did he take the lead from this last time to become the all. I've got the list. Go cool. I've got the list. We don't need Pete. The hell with Pete. Let's go ahead and fire. Let's go ahead and fire Pete. See you, Pete. Just stay home. Just turn around on the ice and and uh, turn around again and turn around again and then go home. Uh, ben Roethlisberger with 553 is number yeah. one. Second on the list. And and the key here is longevity. Right. The longer you play, the more you're going to get sacked. Number two on the list, who who will inevitably be number one, Tom Brady is with he? 542. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Right. All right. Brett Brett Favre has 525. Yep. John Elway with 516. Aaron Rodgers with 495. And Dave Craig with 494. Dave Craig. Remember, remember Dave Craig's claim to fame was getting sacked seven times by Derek Thomas. Yeah. And also he had small hands. Right. So he had a lot of fumbles. Lot he of and Dante fumbles. Culpepper of the small hands and a lot of fumbles. Yeah, no doubt. Dave Craig, even on that day with uh, Derek Thomas, the seven sacks, right? Derek Thomas had him for the eighth sack to win the game, and he escaped and threw the ball down into the end zone, and the Seahawks caught it to win that game. I can still remember that day. Do you see my dad's name on the list? I just – because like I said, when he retired, unless – how far down is he? Is he right below Dave Craig? He is number eight behind Randall Cunningham, who is just behind Craig. Phil has 477. Gotcha. That puts him at number eight on the all-time sack list. But when he was sacked, as we've discussed in the past, he was sacked – not on grass. He was sacked on cement. Yeah. With a very thin layer of padding. Right. And outdoor carpeting on top of it. No so, doubt about it. And no uh, rules of the body of weight or anything like that either. No, no doubt. You know, that's it. Yeah. yeah. Brett Favre, John Elway, Dave Craig, Randall Cunningham, uh, Phil Sims. They had a little different experience, you're right, maybe compared to some of the modern day quarterbacks when it came to getting sacked. So Suggs got to Ben 12 times. He is the leader when it comes to sacking Ben Roethlisberger. You play him twice a year, and you're a, a great guy at getting sacks, and Roethlisberger's a guy who lingers in the pocket for a long time. Now, now look, ideally, you get rid of the ball to avoid the sack, but sometimes you just have to eat it. Sometimes you just have to hit the deck, and longevity is going to be the key there. The longer you play, the more you're going to get sacked. It is inevitable to a certain extent. And... I, I I was thinking about what we were discussing earlier with Ben getting his proper farewell from Pittsburgh on Monday night, but now he's going to get a very different send-off from Baltimore. If it had been flipped, he probably would have kept his cards close to the vest until after the Baltimore game, so they wouldn't have known. We wouldn't have had the send-off by the Ravens because they wouldn't have known. It wouldn't have been until after that game where he made it abundantly clear like he did last week that it's coming to an end. Uh, and he maybe could have avoided what's coming for him on Sunday. But the Ravens hate the Steelers, and and that's great. Period. We we yeah. like those rivalries. The Steelers hate the Ravens, and the Ravens hate the Steelers. All the way back in Week Four, that whole brouhaha about the Ravens running the ball when they should have taken a knee in order to extend the streak of games with a hundred rushing yards. The whole reason they cared about extending it is because it allowed them to match the Steelers. If it was anyone else, I don't think they would have cared. But that's the animosity that lingers between these two teams. And that's why even when one of the teams is not a playoff team and the other one is hanging on by a thread, 
it's a compelling game. Yeah. Because they hate each other. They could meet in the preseason, and it would be a compelling game because they hate each other. This is all the Ravens have right now. This is the last act of their season. It. I'm telling you, it, that that's a game. And by the time we got to kick off for the Sunday night game, we would know whether or not the Steelers right. had a chance. And there's a good chance they won't have a chance by then because if the Colts beat the Jaguars, it's done. It's over. Kaput. But that's a game that, that would have been a compelling alternative to Chargers Raiders just to see Ben Roethlisberger's last game in prime time against the Ravens yeah. in Baltimore. If you like, if you like the old blood and guts rivalries, yeah, that's man, right. th- th- that's the one that that just screams off the schedule for Sunday. Yeah, agreed. I, I guess I guess that's the rivalry that screams off, you know, in modern day football, like an old school style of football, still where it's like when you watch Ravens Steelers. Whenever it was through the 2000s to now, I mean, it just was hard hitting, physical, kind of brought you back to like you felt like you were watching 80s football a little bit, you know, once again. It wasn't necessarily about throwing for 350 yards and putting up big passing numbers. It was about who was going to win the physical intimidation battle and what defense was going to make a crazy play to help the team win the football game, which is, of course, different than, than a lot of ways, you know, uh, certain rivalries go now in the NFL. So it was cool. And man, so many great memories, so many great playoff matchups uh, throughout Ben Roethlisberger's career against the Ravens. Uh, it, it is cool to see him go out on, on this note. I mean, even though it's not going to be an easy, easy road there. And when I think of great rivalries of the past, I think of watching football in the 70s. Before it was John Madden and Pat Summerall, it was Tom Brookshire and Pat Summerall. That was the hallmark of the most compelling game of the weekend. And I recall that in that 4 o'clock Eastern window, back when the late games actually began at 4 and not 425, it would seemingly be, every time CBS had the doubleheader, it would be an NFC East matchup. Right. And Eagles-Washington was one of the ones that you would see from time to time, or the Giants or the Cowboys. The Giants weren't very good in the 70s, so it was a lot of Cowboys-Washington. Eagles weren't great then either, but you would see the cross-pollination in the NFC East. And I mention that because the rivalry between Philadelphia and Washington, well, back in the 70s, one thing I remember, for as bad as the fields were, and it seems like everyone played on the green cement back in those days— because the Cardinals were in that division. They had green cement yeah, at Anheuser-Busch Stadium. Right. The Eagles had green cement at Veterans Stadium. Washington had grass. That yes. made it different. The right. Cowboys had that, that the green cement, but that special glow of the old Texas stadium. But yeah. I, don't remember, I don't remember any railings collapsing at stadiums when those teams played back in the 70s. And the collapse of the railing at FedEx Field on Sunday continues to resonate because, Chris, on Tuesday— Jalen Hurts, the guy who narrowly avoided torn ACL, broken leg, broken ankle. When you see the one angle of him walking into the tunnel, you realize how close it was and how he had to use his his yeah. pro athlete instincts to do a quick watch how he does the quick step here. It's just it's instinct. Quick step. Look at that. That's that's pro athlete. Normal person doesn't do the quick step. He does the quick step, and he avoids what could have been a very serious injury for him. He sent a letter yesterday to the NFL and to the Washington football team making sure that this situation is properly addressed and that it doesn't happen again, really there or anywhere else. Let's hear a little bit from Jalen Hurts explaining on Tuesday why he did 
what he did in an effort to rectify the situation in Washington and hope that it doesn't happen anywhere else. Well, it was actually sent to legal officials as well. And it's, um, you know, I, I tried to handle the situation with, with a lot of poise and um, show compassion for the people that fell down, really. But I know um, it could have it could have been so much so much worse. And um, I kind of it kind of didn't hit me till after the fact, um, having some time to reflect on it and think about it. Um, so um, I just wanted to just wanted to see what what could be done to to make sure it doesn't happen again. That's all I really care about. Um, that, that's a very uh, tragic incident, and it could have been much much worse, um, much much worse. But I just don't want it to happen again. You know, his reaction is the normal human reaction. As it's happening, you're trying to process it, Chris. You're trying to, you know, you just, it just, it, it happens so fast. You really don't get the chance to appreciate right. how serious it could have been and what the outcome could have been for him or for the people who tumbled headfirst down to the field level. Necks could have been broken. Lives could have been lost. And good for... Jalen Hurts to stand up and say something about it and make sure that that look I'm sure the the powers that be are taking this very seriously but they prefer that they be allowed to do so quietly I'm glad that Jalen Hurts is continuing to shine a light on this because it, it it needs to be fully appreciated for the debacle that it was and it's just the latest thing from the Washington football team the cesspool that begins yeah. with owner Dan Snyder that needs to be properly scrutinized and and dealt with uh, up to and including getting rid of the owners. I said yesterday, and I feel no differently than I felt yesterday. I just didn't catch a wild hair yesterday. They need to get rid of Daniel Snyder. The shield. If, if you're concerned about the integrity of the game and the way that people view the sport of professional football, they need to get rid of Daniel Snyder. Whatever it takes, they need to get rid of him. Well, I, I mean, I can understand you having that thought. I mean, there's no doubt about it. I don't think it's. I don't think it's crazy. I mean, again, I know you're out for the. Do you good, agree with me? Uh, uh, I. 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 I, I don't know if I agree with you totally. I don't know. I, I, I guess, I guess you know, well, really. You really do want to be a GM. Well, no, I wasn't even thinking of going down this road. I haven't put thought into this part of it. I wasn't even planning on going down this road. But he's certainly hurting the shield right now, to, to, to your point. That's what I'll say, no, no matter what. And I, I uh, am a little surprised with, yes, you know, some of the events that have happened, and it seems like the NFL has – you know, tried to hide some of the issues from that franchise and what that guy has caused for the NFL, which I don't understand. It's not a good look for the NFL. I'll say that at the end of the day. And I don't think you're like off base or crazy to have that thought. All right. I'm not going to go there whether I agree with you or not. Uh, but but like I, the Jalen Hurts thing. All right. That that like that's pretty damn cool. So it's hard not to root for Jalen Hurts with the way he handles himself on the field and off the field. He's got special leadership skills. And I know his dad was a football coach and you know he's obviously been raised the right way. You know, it's just one, you know, I'll tell you the first thing I was shocked by more than anything was just the fact that a quarterback would go out of their way this time of the year to even write a letter or do anything like that. I, you know, I just I've tried to put myself in his shoes and I'd be like, man, I'm too overwhelmed to trying to get ready for the game. And we got playoffs coming up and all of these other things going through my mind. You know, man, I feel bad for those guys and, you know, that fell down and the Philadelphia fans and I'll, I'll you know, send them some autograph, you know, jerseys and helmets or whatever else. But um, I don't know if I would have gone out of my way to write a letter to the league 
and make sure they follow up and do their due diligence on this. That That's special leadership. That really is. And uh, I give him a lot of credit. And I think that's going to win over a lot of fans in Philadelphia. It really will. I mean, he's already won a lot over with his play. But actions like this uh, are only going to get more of them on his side. And, and it was required. I mean, let's let's consider of all the things that have happened in Washington under the ownership of Daniel Snyder. And he's lumped into this because somebody said, well, why, why do you care? He doesn't own the stadium. Yes, he does. Yeah. He does own the stadium. Yeah. Some owners, most owners don't also own the stadium. Daniel Snyder, when he bought the team in 1999, he bought the stadium. He owns the stadium. It is his place. The idea that you would have a safety hazard in a stadium that endangers paying customers and players, whether from your team or the other team or anybody, anybody who happens to be in that tunnel with the proper credentials is at risk if that railing goes. That's a serious situation. And I look at it this way, Chris. If the worst-case scenario had happened for Jalen Hurts and he's out for the year with a serious leg injury, I mean, you're talking about hundreds of pounds of force swinging onto that railing. That that was a huge impact that would have happened onto his leg. No or doubt. if any of those people had been seriously injured, we would be calling openly and aggressively for the league to expel Daniel Snyder. Well, you know what? He doesn't get the benefit of the doubt that comes from the luck that that shined on him in that moment. All those people got lucky. He got lucky. Yeah. He's responsible right. ultimately for what happened. That's why I think he should be gone. Because if 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 they hadn't gotten so lucky because of the negligence that that flows back to the fact that he's the owner of that building, of those seats, of that railing, he should suffer the same consequence he would have suffered if there had been a serious outcome. That's why I feel so strongly yeah. about it. He shouldn't get a pass because the hand of God intervened to keep someone from getting killed. Yeah, I, I hear you there, Mike. You know, I, I know, I, you know, I wasn't. I took a weak stance there when you asked me before if, if I agreed with you. I, I get where you're coming from. I, I think it's totally justifiable to have those those thoughts. There's no doubt. And then, listen, he's got a lot of free passes here. You know, he's certainly not helping the Shield. That's for sure. He's not helping the NFL game right now with some of the actions and the way that organization has been run and some of the things that have come to light here over the last year and a half, two years, whatever it is now at, at this point. But, you know, it goes back a little bit to the the greed conversation that we have here in this country. I mean, as I mentioned yesterday, I think that was the first thing I I really realized about the video when I saw it for the first time. I think that was, you know, Sunday evening. It's just I, I have been in that stadium a few times. I know that tunnel. That tunnel used to not be that tight. But, you know, we're in the age of we got to squeeze every last dollar out of everything and everybody. And we got to screw them over, and we got to screw them over to the maximum extent while we spend the minimum on on exactly. doing these type of things. And that's where I get pissed off as an ex-player, as a fan, as somebody that loves the NFL. That really freaking bothers me. And I hear what you're saying. You're getting there. I know. You're getting there. I know. Well, I, I understand I'll your thoughts. I'll get thought. you there by nine o'clock. I guess I feel I'll guilty. I feel guilty saying anybody should be get fired oh, or get. Yes. I know. I know. But I shouldn't. What, what a shame. What if? What a shame if he were forced to sell the team. I know. You're right. Dollars for I, it. What a shame I that know. would be. Look at you. I'll have a bake sale for him. <laughs> Look you at you. I don't want you're you. like the devil on my you. shoulder just to 
get getting me going. I don't here. want you <laughs> having a bake sale for him because I know the secret ingredients of your baked goods. I'll bake the brownies. Well, for the bake sale. Okay. Although fine. yours may sell. Better. Mine will sell more. That's yours what I was going to say. <laughs> we'll be able to charge a premium well, for mine. <laughs> well, what'll happen is. They'll eat one of yours, and then they'll want to eat a lot of mine. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. We'll have two Could tables. work. All right. <laughs> okay. Uh, but but you know, in in all seriousness, um, it, it 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 was very fortuitous for everyone involved that it wasn't a ridiculously serious and grave outcome. And you can can you imagine the conversations that would have been had on our show and elsewhere. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and beyond, if someone had gotten killed in that, or if Jalen Hurts had simply not done that quick little hop step right. to the right yeah. and avoid having his left leg get hit by that railing with hundreds of pounds of pressure swinging it into the ground. And good for Jalen Hurts to continue to shine a light on it. And let's hope the NFL doesn't just dangle bright, shiny objects in our faces and hope this goes away because it's bad for PR. Sometimes Things that are bad for PR are bad for PR for a reason. And maybe what you need to do is deal with the underlying problem. And why have these issues one after another that are bad for PR that are all emanating from the same person when you can just when you can just get rid of him? When, you know, at some point, that, that's what hit me yesterday. What are you gaining from keeping him around? What are you gaining from getting rid of him? I mean, it's a no-brainer at this point. And, and Chris, something Shereen Williams mentioned last night, and I wrote about this at PFT, if I'm FedEx at some point, I'm saying get my company name the hell off that stadium. I, I, I understand that thought, too. I get it. I, I mean, listen, this goes back to some of the conversations we had when you know we were talking about the Washington franchise and you know the lawsuits and the emails and all of that You know, to where – I, I, we, we were questioning. I don't, I don't understand why the NFL is going to such great lengths, you know, to, to help this guy out. Now, I, I know we got to the, the final, you know, thought was because of precedence, right? We, they didn't want to, hey, open up Pandora's box for all these owners or we'd have issues everywhere. I, I understand that. But, yes, the way the organization has been run over the last few years, it, it, it's not been a good look for the NFL. And it certainly turned some people off. There's no doubt about that, and there's been people mistreated, let alone those fans that fell down. We know there's a lot of ex-employees and other people that have worked for that organization that you know don't exactly talk about it as a, a great experience there working there. And uh, I, I, Mike, you make a lot of good points, and I don't understand why the NFL you know continues to you know kind of placate, I guess, to a degree to to Daniel Snyder and and sweep things under the rug. And I'm glad you mentioned that because I get emails from a lot of people saying, don't let the Washington football team workplace investigation, don't let that die. Keep talking about it. The problem is if there aren't developments, if there isn't news, yeah. it's hard to wedge it into the conversation. Well, here's an opportunity to wedge it into the conversation. And you mentioned that we had gotten to the point that they weren't trying to protect Daniel Snyder by brushing all of this under the rug, by hiding all of this information. They're trying to avoid other owners from being in a similar situation where they can be accused of things that they either did or maybe they didn't do, but somebody's embellishing because there's a lot of power that you now hold over these oligarchs that are used to being the ones who hold the power. But my thinking evolved based upon an op-ed that was published by the Washington Post a couple of weeks ago. A former employee pointed out that 
Brian LaFamina, who was the COO of the Washington football team for about eight months a couple of years ago, who came from eight years, I believe, with the league office, that the claim was made in this op-ed that he was one of the few that tried to fix the situation and he got fired because of it. Now, if that's true, Chris, it dawned on me that what's really going on here, and I have mentioned, possibly may have mentioned this before, but I think it bears underscoring it right now since we're talking about issues and dysfunction with the Washington football team. I think that the league is doing everything it can to keep the details secret because, and this is my hunch, Yeah, Brian LaFamina, when he realized how bad things were in that workplace, he told people at the league office about it, and they didn't do anything about it. Right. Right. I, I, and, I hear you there. Yeah. And, and and there's there may be some of those emails out there that would look innocuous on the surface because right. they don't have coarse language in there, like the stuff that got John Gruden uh, fired de facto by the Raiders. But you could construct a case that the NFL knew and didn't act. And that may be why the the NFL is working so hard and willing to advance such facially implausible, and that's the kindest way possible I can say BS reasons for not making that information available and not being transparent. It's part of Roger Goodell earning the $65 million. Yeah. You know, sometimes you get to yuck it up with Peyton and Eli, and sometimes you have to stand up there and answer some tough questions and provide with a straight face ridiculously implausible answers. It's part of what you're getting paid for. Yeah. That's, 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 a, that's a tough day on the job, but you, you power through it, and you get your $65 million, and that's why you're there. One of the reasons why you're there. So, so look, I think you're I, 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 we don't know, but I, you know, the way you connect dots, and I know you said it at the time, I, I, I hear you with what you're saying there. I, I'm, I certainly can get behind that, and I, I think there is some logic to that, that they realized how dysfunctional it was, and they kind of just— And they didn't do anything. They didn't do didn't anything. Didn't do anything. Right. That makes sense to why you would want to hide things now and certainly kind of get everybody just to gloss over it and move on because they don't want to be you know, held, uh, held accountable for, for knowing and not doing anything like you're talking about. We saw some of the Jeff Pash, Bruce Allen emails. Boy, yeah. I wonder if there's some emails right. where Pash is saying, hey, this LaFamina guy's, uh, he's saying stuff's going on. You know, we you better, you better make sure you get things, you know, uh, straightened out. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? They don't want us to know. What, there's, I've said this for months. They are going to these ridiculous lengths to hide the evidence because they are hiding something yes. big. And right. hopefully, let's bring it back to Jalen Hurts and what happened on Sunday. Hopefully... Folks in Congress who have been pursuing this information will be emboldened by what happened on Sunday, and they will feel it's even more justifiable to keep pushing and pushing and pushing because of the fact that there is an entire tar pit of dysfunction in Washington tracing to the top of the organization that needs to be rectified. And they have they have something that they can use to try to to pursue information that could maybe, maybe, just maybe, get the NFL to get to the point where they realize their interests are best served by moving on from... Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Daniel Snyder, let's move on to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They had decided on Sunday that their best interests were served by moving on from Antonio Brown. They said on Sunday, Antonio Brown is no longer on the team. It's Wednesday morning. He's still Antonio on the team. Brown is still on the team. <laughs> yeah, and I hope he shows up for work today. Oh, you that know, would be I, cool. <laughs> I mean, hey, George Costanza in play now. They haven't fired him yet. Keep showing up for work. <laughs> yeah, show up for work. Uh, they, you're still on the team. They said you're not on the team. You're still on the team. And Chris, <laughs> I really don't know what this is. If this is some awkward dance over, he's possibly injured and they can't cut him while he's injured. Well, they can. He would have a grievance that would get filed, and the question would be, does he get one more paycheck? Yeah, big deal. Right. To me. Because I've had I've had people say to me that you know they're concerned that they can't cut him because he's injured. It's one more game. Yeah, of course, it happens all the time. It happens where a team cuts a guy and then there's a fight after the fact where the guy says, "I was injured. You shouldn't have cut me." I feel like there's something more going on here. And I've heard from people who say there's no way anyone is going to sign him if he's available. There's no way. I I think that at the core. The Buccaneers don't want to play that game. They don't want to roll those dice. They don't want to take that chance. Bruce Arians and Jason Light don't want to have to explain to Tom Brady why Antonio Brown had 10 catches for 152 yards and two touchdowns in the NFC Championship game that caused Tom Brady to not get a chance to pursue his eighth Super Bowl. That's what I think they're doing. I, I agreed, 100%. You know, they're trying to find some way to, to, to through you know the legalities of the NFL and, and the legal channels there to find conduct detrimental to the football team, right? That's what I would imagine. You know, it's something like that where they can put them on, you know, suspended leave or whatever, uh, and and then they don't have to worry about it. I think that's the number one concern. That's all it is, and also that there probably is documentation to to hit the ankle. I mean, we know that's a real thing. You know, I I know yesterday. I, I was one of those guys, you know, that was going, well, let's, uh, you know, questioning that. I, I didn't mean to question it like outright. I understand he's got an ankle injury. I get that. But was it so bad that he didn't have, he couldn't go back in the football game? That's what I questioned. And that, that's, that's all I was saying yesterday. And I think that's, you know, of course, where, where the, the debate or the debacle happened on the sideline there. You know, as I kind of texted you last night, like I watched every route Antonio Brown ran in that football game you don't see a limp he's running routes great you know you don't see really anything there's there's one route on a go route where you kind of see a little bit of a hitch in his giddy up but I bet you most people wouldn't know I'm just I know a little bit because I watched them and on film and have watched him so much but he was still making unbelievable cuts or whatever either way I, that, that's where I think the big question is for me. It's just what happened on the sideline? Why? 
Was he just mad he wasn't getting the ball? Because there are some plays in the game, Mike, when I went back and watched too, where I go, yeah, he was open, and you, he kind of has the hands like, oh, like, why didn't you throw to me? Why did he throw to Gronk here? You know, oh, it was a go route by me and a go route on the other side, and he went to the other side, and I had my guy beat. You know, that was his last route, and then he never came back in. And that, that, so that's what I question. I don't mean to be insensitive. I know he's got an ankle injury, but to the extent of not being able to go out there and play anymore, I don't know. And then it's not a good look when you're in the end zone jumping around and doing all of that. I understand that doesn't mean route running, but usually people with bad ankle injuries don't do that and get at the crowd jumping and dancing around and doing all that. So that's where the whole damn story's weird, and I'd like to know some well, of the truth there. And the fact that they have yet to cut him when they said on Sunday he's no longer on the team. Yeah reinforces my gut feeling that the story is far more complicated than what we saw right. with our eyes after the break happened, after he was supposedly told you're no longer on the team, so he decided to go ahead and implement that decision immediately, like I would if somebody came to me, if I still worked in an office, and I thank God every day that I don't, if they came to me right after lunch and said, you're fired, I would not wait until five o'clock. I would leave then. I would leave my shirt on, but I would leave <laughs> then. I would leave my shirt on for entirely different reasons. If I had a physique like Antonio Brown, you might I take him off. Maybe I would. Maybe I wouldn't put a shirt on in the first place if I <laughs> yeah. had a physique like Antonio Brown. <laughs> right. Um, but, but Chris, look, they knew he had an ankle injury. Yes, And they so did. when Bruce Arians says go back into the game and he says no, at some level you have to ask if you're the coach, is this guy's ankle bothering him? He didn't practice Thursday. He didn't practice Friday. He was questionable for the game. At some level you got to take a step back and say, let's make sure his ankle's okay. Hey, trainer. Hey, Billy. Check out, his, check, check out Antonio's ankle and tell me if he's okay. Not continue to escalate. Go back in the game. No. Go back in the game. No. Go back in the game. No. You're off the team. I I, I really, th this is pasta and meatballs, spider sense. Bruce Arians was done with Antonio Brown. Tom Brady was not done with Antonio Brown. And an opportunity fell out of the sky in the middle of the game for Bruce Arians. And he may not have planned this. I'm just saying sometimes these opportunities arise and you just take advantage of them because they advance what you are hoping in your heart will happen. I have a chance to stir this up just enough to get him to cross a line and I can say you're off the team. And who knows what he'll do once I tell him you're off the team. And then it's not a question. He's gone. I don't have to worry about Tom Brady. I only have to worry about Tom Brady if he ends up with another team. Yeah. See, that the, the fact that he's still on the team is the thing that makes me think this was no boating accident. This, this makes me think that there was something more to the story that we're never going to get, but I think it's fair for us to wonder. And Bruce Aarons will talk to reporters today. I, I, I don't know. Maybe they, maybe they hope he doesn't show up today. And they can say he's on the left squad list or something like that. I hope he's in Tampa, and I hope he shows up. He has every right to be there. I, you know, the union, I'm told, is in the dark about what's going on. The Buccaneers have no comment about any of this. I, I, I can't get Brown's agent to respond to multiple text messages. Rick Stroud mentioned last night that Brown's camp is going to have something to say at some point. I just, I This one just cries out there's more to the story. There's more to the story. And my, my curiosity has me 
waiting and hoping and wishing that we'll get something that gives us a chance to maybe piece it all together and figure out what happened. I don't think we will, but I hope we will. No, no, it, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm dying to know what the hell happened. There's obviously something more there to it. I mean, there's a lot of angles that come into play here too. You know, yeah, there's the, you know, the, 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 the legal side of it. You know, you got to deal with the NFL PA, the union there. You know, so I'm sure that's part of why Tampa's so quiet and and kind of probably behind the scenes trying to figure out you know what to do, get all their ducks in a row here to to figure out the next plan of action to take with Antonio Brown. So yeah, they don't break rules or or do something wrong or become legally liable. I I, I look at it that way, but like you know I, I go back to like what you said about Bruce Arians, yeah. You know, I don't think it was a planned attack or anything like that. I bet you Bruce Arians probably doesn't like Antonio Brown. I mean, just as he stated before Antonio Brown got there. You know, he was in Pittsburgh early on in Antonio Brown's career. He probably heard all the horror stories that went behind the scenes after he left Pittsburgh with Antonio Brown. You know, because there was a lot of those as well. And Pittsburgh did a great job all those years of kind of managing him. And, you know, not, not the whole NFL really realized what an issue it was at times. So... He's heard those stories, but yes, he came to the team. Brady liked him. Okay, let it happen, you know. But but I have a hard time thinking Bruce Arians, who's been really like an ultimate players' coach. Players love him. He loves the players. I mean, to the point where he crosses the line sometimes of coach-player relationship. Because hey, let's have a beer. Let's do whatever. Yeah. It's He's different. Happened in them. Pittsburgh with Big Ben. Uh, right. Happened in Pittsburgh with right. Big Ben. It's probably That's the reason he's he not there. Retired. Exactly. Yeah. He's getting too close to the franchise quarterback and other issues came about and all of that. So, you know, I, that's where I have a hard time thinking he's so insensitive to go, you're not hurt. I got to think there was some complaining or something beforehand about not getting the ball or something of that nature that then led to that. You know, and, and I don't know. I don't know, but I know well, like that. Hey, yeah. you know what though? Right. They never should have put incentives in his contract based on catches, yards, and touchdowns. I say that all the time. Odell Beckham Jr.'s incentives are based on team yeah. performance right in the postseason. Yeah. When you have a player that has a history of being selfish, a history of of finding ways yeah. to get pissed off. Sorry, London. You you don't create an environment that is conducive to him getting upset. Incentives based on individual statistics are almost always a mistake because you're getting a guy in a position where his priorities are going to be screwed up. There should be one priority, winning football games. That's it. Yeah. Not how many times I catch the ball, how many yards I get, how many touchdowns I get, and that's what his incentives were driven by. Those are a mistake, and hopefully the lesson that others will take from this is we're going to stop doing the individual statistic-based incentives because nothing good is going to come from that. Yeah, you better be careful. Or if you do do it, you better make sure you know it's the right type of guy who's not going to make it all about him, 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 and, and that. But, hey, again, you play with fire. You know, you play with a guy like Antonio Brown. This is what happens. This is what he does. I mean, you know. You know, so you're right. I don't feel bad for the Bucks. I mean, they made their bed here with this in this situation. They got to lay in it. You know, but also, like we talked about a little yesterday, you know, again, I don't doubt that Antonio Brown's ankle was bothering him, but to the point or the extent to where he couldn't go back in the football game, and then did he mouth off on the sideline because he wasn't getting the ball or something of that nature, and then, of course, past history of the guy, 
It's hard to take his side totally in the in the. Oh, I'm not taking. No, not ta I know you're not. Side. I know. I'm, I'm just giving the truth. A, I know. I right. know you are. I'm not trying to accuse it. That's where I just I come back to as a person because I don't want to be insensitive. And the other thing I get to do with Bruce Arians is, man, if he's too insensitive, and the guys really know the guy is hurt and Antonio Brown and he can't play, and Bruce Arians is going, get your butt out there. He's the the team will turn on Bruce Arians. They're not going to like that. I just can't imagine Bruce Arians doing it to that extent. That, I guess, is what I'm saying. I could be wrong. Maybe personal emotions boiled over here and they got the best of Bruce Arians. I don't know. But just, again, history of the two guys makes me lean towards Bruce a little bit in this argument, I guess, more than Antonio Brown. Well, and the one name that continues to hover over this situation and doesn't get mentioned enough is Tom Brady. He is very carefully staking out his turf in the category of, I love Antonio Brown and I hope he gets the help he needs. That That's what he said over and over again on his Let's Go podcast on Monday. He doesn't want to get pulled into this controversy, even though it's all on him at the end of the day. The coach didn't want Antonio Brown on the team, right? but Tom Brady did. And Tom Brady became the focal point of the 2020 Buccaneers to the point where ownership yes i've kind of heard things along these lines like basically their number one objective last year wasn't winning the super bowl as much as it was making sure tom brady would choose to play for the buccaneers again in 2021 when they're able to fill the stadium every week this is a team that went years with stadiums that were embarrassingly empty i remember shots chris from you know the the cameras that that Fox will have by the pirate ship yeah. during the game. Sometimes, like during a commercial, when we get the feed that people don't see at home, and and it's it's it, there's nobody there. Yeah, there's nobody there. Right. They, they knew they were going to fill that stadium, so so they were going to placate Tom Brady however they could to get him to come back this year and want to continue to play for the Buccaneers. So they let him have the, his guy. He's got a huge blind yeah. spot for Antonio Brown. Yeah, and Bruce Arians didn't want him. And Tom Brady won. And most recently, what did Tom Brady win? Bring him back after he submits a fake vaccination card. Because if Bruce Arians never wanted him in the first place, and Bruce Arians is the one who was made to look foolish for having said he screws up one time, he's gone. He's the one that ate all that crap publicly when Tom Brady got to hide out. Tom Brady's the one who wanted him there. Tom Brady's the one who wanted him to stay. This is about Tommy, 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 Tommy. Yeah. And now the crap has hit the fan. And where's Tommy? He's he's reading off of a of a of an index card his talking points <laughs> well, and he's otherwise hiding under the bed. Yeah, that's well, what he's. I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. I know we're not allowed to criticize the heroes of the sport. Uh, don't you don't have to tell me. Times, I, no matter yeah. what they say or do. <laughs> yeah, but but he's he is. I'm trying to choose my words a little more carefully. He's here. somewhat responsible is, for this situation. He is hip deep in the middle of this yeah and he's trying to stay at the shallow end of the pool yeah uh, i mean yes you know uh, yeah this is this is the things that sometimes yeah not my favorite things about brady he doesn't take stands or he takes a stance after the issues resolved and then does that like we, we talked about earlier this year with some of the league rules you want to be like man tom if you said that why they were talking about these rules it might not have happened because you're the freaking man and everybody listens to you and usually you're smart and logical with a lot of the points you make. There's no doubt, you know. But hey, we are in the era, right? I mean, uh, Peyton Manning, Brett Favre, Tom Brady. We're quarterbacks are kings. You get to a certain level, they're kings. They're really they can one up the coach in a lot of organizations. They really can. They can. It's the owner 
and then it's the quarterback is the two most important people in the organization. You know, the owner and then this guy that's making the second most money in the organization is the quarterback. So there is that aspect. And I think everything you explained was very real. There's money. There's dollars involved. You're right. I mean, Tampa Bay's never had a quarterback like him. They've been stuck with, you know, crappy QBs like Chris Sims down there. You know, right. So, you know, of course this is selling seats. Uh, but, you know, also with a guy like Tom Brady, yeah, blind spot like you said. And also with real football guys like a Brady or, you know, my, I'm not myself, whatever, who just loved the sport, loved working at it. You can brush aside some of the personal stuff at times when you find another guy who loves and working at the sport just like you do. And you bond over that. And I think that's what, you know, happened to Brady in this situation. He's got a, a soft spot probably because he knows some of the guy's personal issues that maybe we don't all know. But more than anything, I think he, he, he as a guy who attacks football at 100% every day, probably saw that Antonio Brown in that Antonio Brown and loved that about him. And that's where that I think that bond comes from. But, yeah, he is knee-deep in this, and uh, the Bucks got a little situation on their hand, and I'm going to be interested to see how this unfolds because you're right, Antonio Brown could make things hard on them, certainly, showing up today, you know, making a stink, and, and uh, if he ends up on another team that beats the Bucks, wow, that would be crazy. And to the extent that this is something that may have been building and building and building and building, at what point should Tom Brady have intervened and either diffused the situation or brought it to a head? Again, he's kind of standing over in the corner letting all these things happen. I get the impression when I read between the lines of the things he's had to say that this isn't something that just happened out of the blue, that maybe Antonio Brown has had some issues that have been infecting him, the three-week suspension, and the fact that publicly they created this sense that maybe he was on thin ice. He may have been upset about that, that yeah. they didn't just blindly support him because he knows plenty of guys throughout the league have fake vaccination cards, and why are they making it a big deal about me? Why are they making it look like they may cut me? Why are you doing this to me? Why are you embarrassing me? It's already an embarrassing time. Why aren't you behind me? You know, it, 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 the human brain is an incredibly complicated organ and all sorts of different thoughts and ideas and things mash together and drive our behavior. And I, I just, I, I, I think there's a lot more to this. And um, it will be fascinating to see how today plays out. When will they cut him? What's the real motivation? And if he ever is available, I mean, I've got people that I know that have been involved in football for a long time who say there's no way anyone else is going to sign him. And I push back and say, I doubt that. Let's just wait and see. Yeah, wait and see. Why? Why are they? Why are they resisting making him a free agent then? That why are they? Why right. are they worried? Right. They're worried somebody else is going to do exactly what they did and get intoxicated by the talent or give in to a quarterback who is the most powerful person in the organization other than the owner, whether it's Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, uh, Matthew Stafford, not that Stafford's the one who drives these acquisitions in L.A., but, but Mahomes and Rodgers, they want to get ring number two. This guy may help me get ring number two. As I said earlier in the week, that Super Bowl ring is permanent. These other issues are extremely temporary. No, no. And to those people you're talking about, I mean, how many times have we heard these kind of conversations? You know, okay, when he forced his way out of Pittsburgh and got to the Raiders, all right, okay, hey, he's crazy. He made it happen. That was crazy. He was one of the first non-quarterbacks ever to really force their way out of town and be like, 
I'm not playing here. Trade me, and you're not going to get a lot back in return for me, not for what I'm actually worth on the field. I mean, that was an amazing – he became an urban legend, a legend in the locker room with that move right there. But, you know, after the Raiders, the helmet, the frozen feet, you know, not showing up at work, all of that crap. I mean, I remember then people going, well, that might be the end. Nobody will ever sign him again. Nobody will do it. Oh, that's right. The Patriots did. And then the Patriots. Immediately. Immediately. The same day. Immediately. And then he does all that, and we hear about the legal issues and – Oh, man, he didn't even tell the team. He lied to the Patriots. They didn't really know the full truth of the, the scope of the situation. Uh, no, he's done. Nobody will ever sign him again. Why would you want to deal with him? Oh, that's <laughs> next year. He's on the Bucks. So, yeah, for people to think that, I think that's crazy. I do. You know, again, he can still get open. You know, man-to-man, he can still run. He can still go up and get the ball. I mean, it was just two weeks ago we saw him catch 10 balls for, what, 110 yards? So, yeah. I mean, guys like Andy Reid and Sean McVay, who I think probably view themselves as masters of, you know, blending people together to get a winning culture, I, I don't think they'll be scared of an Antonio Brown unless they know somebody really personal to the situation that then really steers them the wrong way. But I don't think they're going to be scared of that situation. And really, I don't know if Matt LaFleur would either. I don't know if he's quite like Andy Reid or McVay, but we've seen. I mean, LaFleur can deal with a lot of issues, too, and still bring the team together. I mean, that's why he should win Coach of the Year this year. So uh, I'm with you, Mike. I don't think it, it's it's all said and done for sure here with A.B. Well, we've mentioned Aaron Rodgers, and he may very well want Antonio Brown if he's available. He also would like to win the MVP for the fourth time. He was concerned that the woke mob would keep it from happening. There is no woke mob. But there is at least one of the 50 AP voters who has man. gone on the record to say that he won't vote for Aaron Rodgers for reasons unrelated to football. We'll discuss that when PFT Live continues right after this. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 